Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying your week, getting ready for this playoff run to start, making sure that you cross your T's and dot your I's, and we're going to help you do just that. It's me, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself, Zay. As always, I got my main man with me, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fancy things, what's going on out there? And my boy, bro, Joe. Holla at him, Joe. What's going on, people? All right, so we got a lot of injuries to go over. And this time of year is kind of par for the course. Kind of have to decipher which ones are worth noting, which ones are just kind of out there to be out there because it has to be. Uh, but we're going to definitely dissect all of that kind of good stuff. With that being said, bonjour, como esta, konnichiwa, good day, a hey, good day, mate, utenteg, and what's poppin'? Let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. So today, the news segment is going to be a solo act. We recorded the news together when we did the rest of the podcast. There were some technical difficulties that caused some type of feedback in the background and it made the audio pretty much inaudible. So I am going to run through the news with you and then we'll get right into the matchups where you'll hear the opinions of not only myself, but my other fantasy football fiends, Vander and Bro Joe. Let's kick it off with Adam Robinson. He is in limited practice with that hamstring injury, still trying to recover from what knocked him out of last week's game. So continue to look for his practicing throughout the week. If that continues to happen, it's all likely that he will go this Sunday. Devontae Adams logged in a, a practice, a limited practice. He's dealing with the same type of an injury. He's coming off of the bye week. So all indications is that he will be a full go. David Montgomery puts in a limited practice. He has a trio of injuries, a shoulder, a groin, and a glute injury that made him a limited participant. Mike Glennon is progressing through concussion protocol. It's currently thought that he's going to be the quarterback to go this week for the New York Giants, so keep an eye on that. Daniel Jones is still dealing with his neck injury, which made him doubtful to lead his squad this week into his game on on Thursday. He did get in a limited session, but again, right now it's looking like Mike Glennon is going to be the one to go. Kadarius Tony had his first practice since week 11, coming back from the oblique injury that he was dealing with. The New York Giants right now are kind of looking like a mass unit. Several of them have injuries that are going on. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he remains limited at practice with his ankle injury. Kenny Galladay, limited due to his rib injury. We have with the Detroit Lions, Jamar Jefferson. He is the third string running back, currently filling in as the second string running back due to Swift being out. He's sitting with an illness. Saquon Barkey logged another limited practice, another member of that mass unit of the Giants. Lil Jordan Humphrey is tending to a hamstring injury, the wide receiver from New Orleans that was able to put up some pretty decent fantasy numbers this past week. 
Ty Montgomery of the New Orleans Saints goes on the COVID list. We have Jarvis Landry, who's limited in practice on Thursday, still dealing with the knee injury. As of right now, it looks like he may be able to go, but the odds of him being anywhere near 100% are slim. But I, at this time of the year, you trot out there what you got and hope for the best. TJ Hawkinson set out of Thursday's practice with a hand injury. We don't know just yet what the likelihood of this costing him a week may be. If he sits out of Friday's practice, that would be more indicative that he may not be able to suit up. But in all likelihood, this is going to be a game time decision. I know I have him in a couple of leagues. I'm sure most of the fantasy world has him. Uh, he's pretty much 100% owned. So we're all going to be keeping an eye out for that this week. Tevin Coleman of the Jets has no practice today. He's still dealing with that concussion. If he can't suit up for Sunday, that means makes Ty Johnson the next man up. Ryan Griffin, the tight end for the Jets, he logged a limited practice. He was dealing with an ankle injury. DeAndre Swift, the aforementioned DeAndre Swift with the Lions, he didn't practice on Thursday, still dealing with his shoulder injury. Elijah Moore didn't practice at all today, so he's considered to be day-to-day. They are hopeful that he'll be able to play Sunday. We'll have more information on the social media sites as far as that injury is concerned as we get them. Curtis Samuel still limited, dealing with the groin injury that he had going back to preseason. Ricky Seals-Jones, he has a limited practice session. He's coming off of that hemp injury, hoping that he's going to be able to go with Logan Thomas being out with uh, the knee injuries for the rest of the season. Cedric Wilson, who was kind of a fill-in while Michael Gallup was out for Dallas, he remains limited with an ankle injury. Kadarius Toney isn't doing much. He's still dealing with his oblique injury. T. Higgins, he is back at practice. He was dealing with an ankle injury, but he was able to return to Thursday's practice. Daryl Henderson, the running back for the Rams, he is limited to begin week 14. He's still dealing with that thigh injury that for all intents and purposes, made him not startable on last week. Um, He really didn't have much of of, of a role in the game on last week. Cooper Cup, same team. He's dealing with a toe injury. Uh, Head coach Sean McVay said that Cooper Cup would be limited in the walkthrough due to the toe injury, but his availability for the week is not currently in doubt. Darren Waller, he missed another practice. He has knee injuries, back injuries. He was out last week of the game. Um, Right now, it's looking like he's heading towards the same outcome or best case scenario if he does play the likelihood of him being 100% is slim to none Tony Pollard could be headed for a game time decision he is dealing with an injury as well to his foot Um, we're looking at a plantar fascia uh, left foot injury and those can tend to be quite painful it's normally a pain tolerance type of an injury however When you can't make those cuts and those quick moves running backs have to make to avoid big hits, a lot of times injuries such as that will lead to additional injuries if they do try to play through it. Mike Williams could play Sunday. Uh, Mike Williams of the Chargers, he's on the COVID-19 list as of Wednesday. He was close contact of teammate Keenan Allen, uh, who tested positive. He has reportedly tested negative for the virus. So as long as he can test negative again, and um, I don't I don't think practice will be an issue for him, but if he can test negative again before Sunday, he should be good to go. Jarvis Landry is back at practice. He was dealing with a knee injury. It's looking like he's going to be able to go. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice due to his toe injury. So that's definitely something to monitor. The odds of him not playing are slim to none. 
Melvin Gordon was able to get in a limited practice. It's looking like he's going to give it a go for this Sunday, bringing up an interesting question of whether or not we still want to start Williams if they may be getting a similar volume. That's definitely going to be something to monitor. And if you have a pivot point, we may want to do just that if Melvin Gordon gives it a go. J.D. McKissick gets in a limited practice. He's dealing with the concussion, but it looks like he's going to be able to go this week. Jared Goff back on the practice field. He had a illness, not COVID, but, you know, that little illness that's kind of running rampant around the NFL right now. But he looks like he's going to be good to go. Joe Mixon was not at practice on Thursday. His uh, absence was due to an illness as well. So, again, not an injury, but an illness as Joe Mixon was concerned as well. It looks like Randall Cobb is going to miss a little bit of time. He's going to be out for a while, according to his coach, with a core muscle injury that he sustained in Green Bay's Week 12 win over the Rams. James Robinson is slated to rest for Thursday. He's been dealing with that heel and knee injury pretty much, uh, I think, since like week two. So it looks like he's just going to rest, but he will be able to go on Sunday. Dalvin Cook is a game time call, but it looks like he's going to be able to go this evening. So uh, we definitely want to go ahead and get him in the game. Chase Edmonds is ready to practice and he may play week 14. If not, week 15 is definitely in the cards for him. And that about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into those matchups. All right, let's hop into these matchups. On this evening, we have the Steelers going up against the Vikings. This is a predicted score of Pittsburgh 18, Minnesota 30. The point spread is three points. With Minnesota being the favorite, they are at home. And the over-under is 43 and a half, so... This is going to be one of those games that unless you have to, um, there's some players that you have to start. But as I say every week, those Thursday games can sneak up on you and end up not being anything close to what you want them to be. You know, we're not doing the rapid fire today, but for those owners out there, who do you guys recommend that they play? If they're owner of Cook and Madison, which one do you start? It's too late in the season to make a mistake. So Facts. what guy would you start out of the two? If – Devin Cook is announced that he is playing. You gotta, you gotta go with your stud. I mean, you, you go down with the ship, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm on the fence with that because with Devin Cook's injury, that's something I was actually looking into. He's been having shoulder dislocations even going back to his freshman year in college, and by some chance, if he hurts it again, he's it's, it's season ending. But we know his upside at the same time. We've seen him have incredible games and have multiple touchdowns coming back from injury this season. He's did it twice already. But then with Madison, it's like you put him in and what if Dalvin doesn't get hurt? Or what if he gets hurt only later on in the game? And at that point, it's no valuable minutes to accumulate any points. I'm going to fade. I'm actually somebody who has Cook and Madison, and I'm trying to scrummage right now to see who I can pick up on the waivers. And, and yeah, that's the other side of it. If, if you have a pivot that's a valid pivot, then, you know, you do what you got to do. But if you're stuck and, and there's only a decision between those two guys, I'm, I'm going to go with the guy that's going to be the starter bar and injury. Yeah. Well, in this game, you know, of course, I'm looking um, a lot of people are pivoting to K.J. Osborne. Yep. So that's someone to watch in this game here. The guy Harris, his matches be looking tasty from week to week, but I really haven't seen it come to fruition. Right. I, I, um, okay. I thought it was just me. He's nah. He's just not. It's just not 
what we thought he was going to be this year. I mean, he's not, not playing. bad, but it's not bad, but it's not good. Medio, you know, slightly right. above mediocre. Right. <laughs> Just very, very, very slightly. You know what I mean? So. You know what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of CEH, but just without the injury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's predicated to just the offensive line. Like they, they did a patchwork job after losing so many key pieces. They had the cast, uh, the Castro leave, uh, Pouncey. They had the other guard leave for I think the Jets. Like they really and oh, Vill- Villanova is uh, I don't think on the team or hurt. So they're like four offensive linemen already gone, and they're dealing with scrubs at this point. Um, so, but he has upside yet again because he can start catching the ball, and we do know he doesn't go down off initial contact, and he's very versatile catching the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, who do y'all have winning this game? I, I, I would say Minnesota, but I mean, if you can lose to Detroit, you can lose to anybody. So I, I don't, I don't want to like, second guess Pittsburgh when you just lost to Detroit. I think Minnesota can win as long as they don't make some of the same silly mistakes that they made last week. Um, they do have the talent to do so, but I, I wouldn't put any faith in them. I wouldn't put any money on them. Yeah, it's a tough game because the Steelers is getting right at the right time, and the Vikings need to win this game. So I think this game, if if it's about who makes the, the turnovers. And since Kirk Cousins haven't been throwing many interceptions, I'm going to go with the Vikings off of that fact himself. And I think Conklin, this is going to be a Conklin game, honestly, where they're going to – and same thing on the other side of the ball with Fairmove and uh, Gentry. I think those two guys are going to have to do it. I think this is – you know, it's going to be the better quarterback to go win the game. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. I was about to say, if it's going to be the better quarterback, then nine times out of ten, that's Cousins <laughs> over Big Ben, man. We have Seattle going up against Houston. This is a seven and a half point spread with the predicted score being 22 to 16 with Seattle being the favorite of 41 and a half point over under in this one. We're not playing for nothing at this point. We're playing for pride. I think this is a good matchup. Houston at this point has played a really good defense. I'm not going to say the top of the bunch, but they have really been uh, limiting the scores and also forcing a lot of uh, third and outs. Uh, situation. So it's going to be a really close game. Tyrod is playing really good. As far as Seattle, a Metcalf foot injury is becoming concerning to me because he's been dealing with this throughout the year. But obviously, as long as we have Lockett, it seems, and Everett is finally coming to the fold because we don't have anybody for him to throw to. I think Alec Collins might come back this week, even though so, you know, Homer, I think, might be back. But we definitely get Alec Collins. He packed just today. So I think it's going to be a close game. I, I can't pick who's going to win. Like I said, I, if I had to think today, I think Houston might get it done, believe it or not. And, I, and that's my team. I got to say it. What? See, I, I think you're picking Houston just to not give, put no bad juju on your squad. You don't want to no, pick. No, I, I think it's going to be a David, a David John. I think David Johnson going to go crazy on us. Yeah? No Adams. Yeah, fire up David Johnson. You don't think Rex Burkhead might get the, the nod over Johnson? I like Burkhead, but most of his work seems to come. It's like a pace game. It seems like they give like one, like a once they get to a certain uh, down and distance, like typically mm-hmm. in the red zone or the goal line area within the twenty fives. That's when he's come on the field. He's been playing crazy. He's a phenomenal blocker. I think he's a better blocker than David jo- uh, Johnson, which is why we see him on the field a lot more too. Facts, facts. And I got, I got one word for this game: trash. I got uh, one for you. I, I, I got a word for you. Yeah. Irrelevant. I got two. Okay. I, <laughs> right. I got, I, got, I got two words. Doo-doo. Uh, Dumpster. There's, there's nothing to see here. 
I hope this game isn't on television. This game I don't even want to see it on red. Huh? It's not even to talk about. And, and Tyrod Taylor's not playing this game. You got David Mills as right. a starter. David Johnson, go off where? He's had opportunity last couple of games. With all these running backs shift around, Ingram left, Lindsey left. Uh, he's not doing anything with the opportunity. Just played the Jets, had 10 carries, 39 yards. Had played Tennessee, 13 carries, 18 yards. Like, he's a shell of himself, who he used to be in Arizona. Burkhead hasn't really been doing much more than that. This game is just, there's nothing to see. Russell is, he already put out a list of teams he's comfortable going to. That finger is not looking worth anything. You have Adrian Peterson, my guy. He's getting carries, and he's averaging one yard a touch. I mean... What are we? He's what are done. we doing? Like this, I'd rather watch uh, Benedict versus Allen than to watch this game on Sunday. So I don't really want to talk about anybody. Uh, if you must play the guys, but I guess you have to. But if you are a Russell Wilson owner, I'll be honest. I'll pivot to someone else. I will go. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league I'd rather play over. I play Taysom Hill before I play uh, I agree, Russell actually. Wilson. You know what I mean? If you, I do like the- Tyler Lockett though. He can get his he can get his day taken care of on one or two pass catches. So he could. I mean, it's possible, but has he been doing it? Like he ha- he's he's it, had a couple of decent games. He's due for one of those big games. You know, you know he'll have a a, a huge game and then have a take a game off a, a game. You definitely play Lockett. You definitely don't sit him. You definitely play Locket. But everything else I hear is it's just it's, hey, just pass this man. It's horrible. We got the Jaguars going up against the Titans. This is an eight and a half point spread with a 43 and a half point over under. The estimated score is 35 to six. Uh, all the indications are that if you got them, you start them as far as Tennessee is concerned. And as far as Jacksonville is concerned, if you got them, you don't. Yeah, I got a couple. I got a quick question. I'm glad you brought this game up. So who do you play? Do you play Brandon Cooks or do you play Julio Jones? I'm going to go ahead and throw julio out there he's coming back off of a hamstring injury but he's coming back to being the number one receiver aj brown is still out dealing with his injury so i believe he's going to come in to pretty high volume amount of targets and i believe he is going to get somewhere in the area of 75 to 85 yards and a touchdown this week let's see i'm interested in seeing the split between foreman and hiller they both performed yeah. well the last time out. I think Foreman had like 19 carries to Hilliard's 12. If I'm not mistaken, Hilliard ended up with just a couple of yards lower than um, Foreman's total. Yeah, but he, but had, he, like he a had a 60, Yeah, like a 68-yard run or something like that. So mm-hmm. all the bulk of his yards on one carry. But I also have another quick question. With Aaron Jones coming back, a lot of fiends want to know, do you play a guy like an A.J. Dillon or do you play a guy like a Foreman? Uh, a guy that you know is going to get the touches versus a guy that may go back to the split because with a guy like A.J. Dillon, even when given the, the keys to the car, he didn't really take it very far. I'm thinking that just with that specific example, you probably go for – it's hard to even say it. Uh, I'm going Dillon. I'm going right back to Dillon. Yeah, I, they're going against the Bears, and, and, and this is one of those games where normally when the Bears come visit Green Bay, there's a whole lot of running going on because that score gets up there pretty daggone quick. You also have Justin Fields playing in Green Bay for the first time. I can see the entire fourth quarter just back and forth between Jones and Dillon. That's going to be interesting. I guess I go with my studs. Foreman has never been that, so I'll go with the guy that has the chance of the, the better chance of having that goal line carry uh, based on the positioning that 
games are going to be in. With the Bears and Packers, that's close to a 13-point spread, if I remember correct. I'll definitely revisit that when we get down to that game. But based on what Vegas is indicating, I'm thinking that Green Bay is going to have the opportunity to run quite a bit in the second half of the game. Yeah, I'm with Dylan heavily. You know, the thing is with this offense, last year, Jones was 19 touchdowns, killing it, having a monster bulk of the carries. But this one has been a really close to a 55-45 split. And Dylan has actually got a lot more receiving work where you would think he wouldn't traditionally would uh, based on his like his stature, so to speak, or his build. I think he's very much in the fold of this offense. With Tennessee and Jacksonville, I just think it's volatile. I don't I haven't seen much out of Tennessee's offense since they lost Henry. So I just gotta go with the more up tempo offense. And at least we know LaFleur is gonna always want to look to the run, even with the lead, or even if he's not in the lead, as opposed to taking a pick between two backs and this offense being anemic without big old Henry, in my personal opinion few other matchups here we got the raiders versus the chiefs the cowboys versus the football team and the saints versus the jets the raiders and chiefs game we're looking at a nine and a half point point spread with the chiefs being the favorite we're looking at a 48 point over under i like this game to go over and i like both offenses to put up a decent amount of points this is a stardom if you got them game for me i love hunter Renfro in this game i love all of Kansas City's players that you would normally start. I don't think Vegas's defense is going to be able to contend with them. So this should be a game that's a little bit more like the type of games that we have become accustomed to seeing from Kansas City. Unlike some of the point totals that they've put up in some recent games, I think they'll get back to their norm in this one. As far as the Cowboys and the football team is concerned, I really believe this can end up being a game that's a little bit closer than what it should be. Dallas, by all rights, if they're anywhere close to being the team that they think they are, should be able to take out Washington. However, I honestly believe that this is going to be a game where the home team and the defense of the Washington football team may end up allowing them to prevail over Dallas. But I, I see this game as neck and neck. Yeah, it's, it's a pick of my opinion. As far as Vegas is concerned, it's a four-point spread going Washington's way. That's also an indication that they're getting more than just the three points that is normally given to the home team. So you can kind of tell which way Vegas is leaning in this matchup. 48 point over under. I wouldn't be afraid to start anybody that I have. Gibson is on the tear. Those Dallas running backs, just depending on what those injuries end up looking like by the end of the week, that may be something to monitor. That may be the reason why the point spread is where it is, because Washington definitely can't contend with the passing game of Dallas. So what do you guys got on this one? I definitely love the passing game of Dallas in this game, especially with the, the bumps and bruises that the running backs are going through in Dallas. So you definitely want to fire up with confidence, you know, your CD Lambs. I even think this is a game that Amari Cooper comes back and uh, put a stamp down. I, I can see both of these guys going for over 100 yards receiving. On the other end, I think Terry McLaurin probably will get back to himself. And I think he have a better game this week against Dallas. Um, but as far as fantasy and implications, uh, those are the only guys I'm really uh, fans of. It's the passing game of Dallas and also the passing game of Washington. I do think... Also, the running back, he's getting a lot of a lot more touches. Gibson, I think McKinson's a little banged up, but Gibson, he's getting uh, over close to thirty touches a week for the last couple he, weeks. So he actually leads the NFC in in rushing yards at this point in the season. Yeah, he's getting a lot of volume, so you definitely play him as well as far as that aspect is concerned. So. Uh, Heineke, early on in the season, he made 
plenty for mistakes of turnovers and stuff like that. But lately, he has just been doing lights out, throwing touchdowns, dimes, uh, running the ball. And I just think, you know, he's really, and whatever that was going on, Rivera and Heineke, that, that fever, that tandem. I think they're going to go and put a hurting on him, especially, like you said, barring these injuries with Zeke and now Pollard being in the fold. Lamb is, I'm not saying he's one-dimensional, but he's almost like he's in that Jamar Chase thing where if you can scheme him out of the game, who do they got? And actually, Brown on the same side of the field for the Cowboys, he's kind of banged up. So if they don't have those two and Cedric is on the mend as well, I'm trying to find out what they're going to do on offense for the Cowboys. The Saints number, the Saints versus Jets numbers, we have a 43 Three point over under a five and a half point spread with New Orleans being the favorite and the projected score New Orleans 27, Jets 21. Honestly, in this game, the only person that I would feel confident starting is Taysom Hill. Unless Kamara goes, then it would be Taysom Hill and Kamara. You you don't know how Taysom Hill is going to go about getting his points, which doesn't bode well for some of his weapons because he might just get all of his points by his lonesome. Versus the way most quarterbacks get their points, which is by getting others involved. So there's nobody on the Jets that I feel comfortable starting. If I have to start an Elijah Moore, maybe he he's one of the only Jets that I kind of feel confident in at all, just because I know he should get volume. But um, we'll have to see how that part goes. But I would definitely pivot outside of that. Not, I agree 100%, man. Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill only. In this matchup, there's really no one else uh, fantasy relevant to talk about. Yeah, uh, I think Elijah Moore is going to be a strong candidate here. Uh, we already spoke on it. Don't need to touch it, especially with the Corey Davis out for the year with season in his surgery. Also, too, the tight end actually is another, like, say somebody was without a tight end or anything like that. But that Ryan kid has definitely been getting some of the looks and everything on that end of the ball. I guess Simeon will be in if... Our guy isn't starting this week because we already know Jameis Winston is out. And I think Deontay is hurt, so they only use Callaway. So like I said, it doesn't leave you out much on the table, but I definitely like Elijah Moore. Uh, Ty Johnson, like we alluded to earlier. Uh, well, no, because we're looking at New Orleans. They're still good against the run. Yeah. So let's take. I- let's just take Elijah <laughs> and be happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Ravens versus the Browns, the Giants versus the Chargers, and the Lions versus the Broncos, the Ravens, Browns, you're looking at a 42 and a half point over under, a spread of two and a half, and the predicted score of Baltimore 20, Cleveland 23. So this is one of those divisional games that can either be a knockdown drag out or somebody can get monkey stumped and it not even be a game by the second half. It normally goes one extreme or the other with these divisional games, especially when the talent wise, the teams are pretty close. Again, in this game, there aren't very many people I want to start at all. Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb, and that's about it. Um, um, Andrews. Andrews, the tight end for Baltimore. Outside of them, I don't really like anybody in Ravens versus Browns. As far as Giants and Chargers are concerned, 43 point over under, 10 point spread with the Chargers being the favorite. This is uh, the norm, if you will, with your Chargers. Whoever actually goes, you start. Uh, you got to. You probably got to start Herbert. Beware of the fact that you know I don't see that ten point holding up if Williams and Allen both don't go. And the Lions and Broncos start them if you have to. There's literally no one in 
that game that I would want to start. Uh, but that's a 42 point over under with the spread being eight and a half with Denver being the favorite and the predicted score being Denver 31, Detroit 11. Don't be surprised if Austin Hooper plays well this game. You know, Baltimore is horrible against the tight end. Yeah, they are. And he'll be forced to get a little more look with uh, Najoko not being there. So I think he'll get a, uh, he'd be forced probably to get a few more looks when it comes to pass catching. So I think he got an opportunity here to do something he was paid to do. He hasn't really uh, right. panned down <laughs> as far as what they paid him to be there. But like you said before, I mean, you just play the guys at this point in the season. You can't bench Lamar Jackson. You can't bench Nick Chubb. You just play him. This game can be very ugly. It could be a 13 to 10 final score. Right. You know I mean? Exactly. So you just never know what you're going to get. But you just play your guys per usual as far as this matchup is concerned. Hopefully you're not playing Baker Mayfield. Hopefully he's not on your team. But other than that, <laughs> play your guys. Man, that guy, is just, just go ahead and pack it up. Um, just, Look, at this point in the game, like, if you got to depend on Baker, like, I, I hope everything else in your fantasy season is going according to plan. Because having him as a quarterback, you, you have to have people that go off in every other position every week to stand a chance. So good luck with that if that's been your position on the season. I'm going to go to, actually, I'm a Ross St. Brown in the Lions. He's just coming off a really good game, and there's really nobody there to kind of submit him for the targets other than – Golf's old buddy back with the Reynolds, yeah. Reynolds. Um, so I think um, I think you know it's another game for him to kind of get up there because it's going to be pressure all day. And I don't, I think like you said, this game is going to get out of hand pretty quick. Um, so that's pretty good. And then too, going back to the Ravens game, I think this is a Hollywood game, man. I think I think you got to call Hollywood up just for the sheer fact. The last three games, Lamar has not been Lamar. Prototypically, he's been pretty resilient second half, or just making adjustments, or his pedigree to kind of take a hold of the game, and he kind of puts the team on the back. They're sitting at eight and four, but in the close division in the AFC uh, North, he does not want to make this game anywhere close. Like we, we're like we're predicting, like the thirteen to ten kind of game. He needs to put the six and six Browns in the in the grave to really kind of submit him and his team for the postseason. I completely agree. If if they lose to Cleveland, the little bit of confidence that they've been able to muster will be greatly shaken. It's a show up and show out type of a week for Baltimore or it can kind of put a huge damper on their season. Facts. Um, a few more matchups to go. 49ers versus Bengals. This one is a 48 and a half point over under. Only a one point spread and the predicted score, and I haven't seen this before, is 23.6 to 23.6. So the, Vegas is saying this one is literally straight down the middle. They aren't even giving the Bengals, the customary three points that you get for being at home. That makes this game a toss up and it's a higher over under. So for me, it's a stardom if you got them and um, you just kind of deal with the results. You got the Bills versus the Buccaneers. This is the highest over under of the week at 53 and a half. Again, a stardom if you got them, in my humble opinion. Spread is at three and a half going towards the Buccaneers. The predicted score, however, is 28 to 17. I think Tom Brady has another tremendous game here. What do you guys have on these? Hmm. Oh, man. I mean, the 49er game, I, I could see it being a toss up due to the the unknowns as far as who's in, who's out. Right. You don't know yeah. if Debo playing. You don't know if Elijah Mitchell playing. You don't know. You know, Burroughs situation. Uh, you don't know if Mixon's playing. Mixon's sideline, all right. <laughs> just, you know, so. And Higgins as well was sideline, so. So definitely just want to stay tuned when it comes to this game. 
Brock Friday, you know, to walk through and, and, and see uh, the dress rehearsal, we're going to call it and see who's playing. As far as the Buccaneers game, um, I like everyone in this game offensively. I'm not sure about, uh, I know that they gave up a lot of rushing yards to Jonathan Taylor, but I'm not sure if Fournette will have the same success. So I'm not sure if I'm a fan of the Buccaneers run game against these Bills. Uh, I do like their pass catches due to a few injuries on the side for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I mean, of course, you just play them. As naturally, you play Mike Evans, you play uh, Chris Godwin, you play Gronk, you play the guys. But I'm not sure of the run game as far as this, as far as this game for the Buccaneers for me. I yeah. love Allen because the because the Buccaneers can stop the run and they don't have much in the way of running backs as is. So I love Allen to be a pass thrower and a runner of the ball, giving you pretty much are being in on almost every scoring play that the Bills end up mustering. But I like uh, TB12 to go ahead and do what he does this time of year. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great matchup. I agree to to Van's point. I don't think this is going to be the same team to run all over uh, this game. But more importantly, Stefan Diggs is about to go crazy. Man, the most look. opportune matchup. <laughs> yeah, and what I like about yeah. his uh, dynamic with Allen is that Allen, even even when he was blowing out the last week game matchup. He still was throwing the ball only to Diggs in the second half. Like, Diggs only had, like, 36 yards. He come out the second yards with almost close to 80 yards, I think, or how many yards he finished with for the game. So we already know, even if the game's down and out, it's close, it's Diggs, 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 Diggs. You know, the running back situation is sus, so we can't really touch on that. But on the other side of the ball, Godwin and Gronk, I think, is going to really benefit from this game because Evans, for whatever reason, seems to attract the most out of the coverage. And but remember – the coverage won't include Tre'Davious White. White. Yeah. So their best cornerback, I don't think, can hold Davis. So normally I would agree with you as far as the matchup is concerned if White was in, but I really don't think that the Bills have anybody in their secondary that can contend with any of the wide receivers of the Buccaneers. But just going back to the targets that he gets, even though I, I agree to that point too, uh, just going back to the targets and how this offense works, this offense is heavily predicated through Mike Evans. Then Godwin. Godwin is just... It don't matter who you put on them, but Godwin hasn't had to take on the double teams or the same right. coverages and looks as a Evans. So for that fact alone, because of what Gronk is able to do uh, down the middle of the field and what he's able to do throughout the you know the 10 to 15, Godwin is about to just eat off of that, man. Godwin, I think Godwin might have like eight, eight to nine catches and get two touchdowns. I think he's going to have that kind of game. The last two matchups we have for you, Bears versus Packers and Rams versus Cardinals. With the Bears-Packers game, we're looking at a 43.5 point over-under. The spread is 12.5. Predicted score, Packers 35, Bears 10.5. Start your Packers, sit your Bears. For me, it's pretty much that simple. All the way down to your Green Bay defense, um, you you start your Packers. Pivot from the Bears. I, I Hopefully, you weren't dependent on fields. Or I don't even like David Montgomery in this game just because I think they're going to have to get away from the run so quickly um, because the Packers are going to kind of get out in front. So I would really wouldn't touch the Bears again. The Rams and Cardinals have a pretty high over under at 51 and a half. And as customary with the Thursday night games kind of being lower scoring, the Monday night games tend to be a little bit higher scoring. So I definitely like both sides, but I know we don't normally talk wins, but I, I like Arizona to shut the Rams down, N not scoring wise, but come out of there with a convincing win. But I like both teams to put up a decent amount of points as far as that's concerned. Um, that's only a two and a half point spread, which is 
0.5% less than the home team would normally get, but the predicted score is 29 to 15. So interesting there. What do you guys have on these last two matchups? Uh, I know everybody not a fan of any of the Bears, you know, fantasy-wise, but I am interested to see this Khalil Herbert news. I think if David Montgomery says, I may be a fan of Khalil Herbert, especially in the flex. Because we've seen him play when he's starting, he's getting starter touches, man. He actually runs the ball really well. Absolutely, he does. So I'll buy some Khalil Herbert stock if uh, David Montgomery was not a go. And again, what Vanda's referring to is David Montgomery has a a, a trio of injuries. Uh, His shoulder, his glute, and his growing, if I recall correctly. There's a possibility that he may or may not go if he doesn't. That's what we're referring to as far as uh, Khalil Herbert is concerned. Right. As far as Arizona Rams, I think this game could it could turn into a shootout. This could be a very well a NFC conference, NFC championship game, maybe. I'm not sure if they both can make the playoffs and what side of the fence they'll be on in the playoff bracket, but it has playoff implications. Uh has gonna have that even though it's a division game, it's gonna have that feel. Two high powered offenses. I'm curious also to see if Chase Edmonds come back in this game. So I'm waiting to hear the news on that. Pay attention, man. Also we have the Ramsey Hopkins matchup, which is always a goodie. Absolutely. And, and D-Hop is not – He, I mean, last game he only had a few uh, targets, not very many. He caught a touchdown with one of them, but wasn't used very heavily. So I'm um, curious to see how that works in this game. But I don't think D-Hop's going to be the guy in this game. You may see some A.J. Green or, or someone that nature finally step up and, and make a play offensively for this uh, Cardinals team. And they, I'm pretty sure they will run the ball because um, the Rams are not the best uh, against the run. So, oh, well, I just got a, a alert to my phone. Uh, Chase Edmonds is designated to return. He's so, another devil. Okay. Yeah, so we, we'll see how that goes. Boy, what does um, that do and for it's so, Connor? Well, I think Connor will still get that goal line love. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? That punch in the butt. Early in the season when the Cardinals played the Rams, I mean, Chase Edmonds had 12 carries for 120. You know what I mean? So he had a very good game on him, averaging 10 yards a carry. Uh, but also in that same game, James Connor had two rushing touchdowns. So, you know, they're going to let him pound it in. I definitely see A.J. Green scoring in this ball game. I think he'll come back and get into that into that bag. So, um, But the Cardinals beat this team conventionally last time out. It was 37-20. to 20, so. I expect a, a bit more of the same, to be honest with you. Because I'm really heavy on Edmonds. I, I get what Connor been doing. I get Connor have been blowing, you know, things out of the water since his absence. But the whole scheme is really kind of devised around Edmonds' skill, skill set. He makes the whole offense go. I think not this week, relative this week. I think this is still a Connors game, but he's definitely somebody I'll be interested in picking up because of his versatility, both running the ball and catching. So he's definitely a playoff stash. Too bad he might still be on IR slots for most people. But going away from that, the matchups, I think Odell will continue to have a great game, especially going in this matchup. Cardinals secondary has been, you know, as far as cornerback specifically, has really been uh, banged up. Uh, so I think it's a good opportunity with Cubs getting involved and then van jefferson just for whatever reason he just blow the top off of the offense i think it's a good game to start a obj something that should be relatively close until whichever quarterback turn over the ball i like Real quick, it. I like man it. i don't recall us talking about that charger game but i had a quick question if mike Williams was to sit who could owners go to but in that game i know guy and you know he plays a different position than mike williams in that offense and you know he's probably gonna stay in his same slot but i'm thinking maybe like a uh, Andre Roberts. It yeah. seems like he's the I guy like that's. Palmer. I mean, yeah, but Josh, it, I like Josh Palmer too. Yeah, but I mean, but who plays the actual position that? Because you look at their depth chart, they have Andre Roberts 
directly behind Mike Williams in the depth chart. So I'm trying to figure out who plays that position in that offense that that coordinator likes to get the ball to, you know, heavily. So with Lim, I think it really defaults to the availability of both him and Keenan because usually it falls to Keenan to to that offense becoming the X receiver. Mm-hmm. So I think it's whoever goes pretty much. If Allen's able to go, he's going to slide to regardless of the fact. If Allen starts, he's automatically that X receiver. Right. Uh, from there, we do have to pivot to someone um, like a Guyton who has a lot of chemistry and familiarity with Herbert. And Herbert, towards the end of the last half of the seat, the leg of the season, was heavy on Guyton. Um, but I wouldn't try. I would. I would. It become an Eckler game if they That's don't true. have Allen or. Uh, Mike will. Cool, and that cool, pretty cool. much wraps up the matchups. Just to revisit a topic from last week really quick, we are going to start a listener dynasty league. If you are interested, there are a few very easy and quick steps to take to show your interest, and we will reach out to you about being a part of that league. But follow the podcast on whatever app you listen to the podcast on. Make sure you follow that. Take a screenshot that you followed the cast. Follow us on the social media site of your choice, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And lastly, message us on one of those sites, letting us know that you are interested. We'll kind of go from there. We don't exactly know the number of teams and the particulars we'll kind of get down to based on the amount of teams and things of that nature. But real quick, if you're trying to reach out to us, Fantasy Football Fiend at IG, Fantasy underscore Fiend for Twitter and Facebook, Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And we out.